This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast. And we today we're going to talk about the upcoming Aries full moon that is going to be on October the 1st, 2020 at 10.06 p.m., BST, which is London United Kingdom time. And it's going to be at nine degrees and eight minutes of Aries with the sun at nine degrees and eight minutes of Libra because a full moon is in opposition. But before we dive deeper into that, um, let's do a little housekeeping first of all, and then we'll introduce ourselves, then we'll do cards. So we have a Patreon, weirdly magical, uh, patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical for just $3 a month. You can support our podcast and our work and we're moving slowly towards doing Patreon only content. We'll get there one day. And uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, weirdly magical. Uh, if you could go and give us a like and uh, maybe like some of our posts to get that page more attention. We also have Weirdly Magical on Instagram, if you'd like to come over there and follow us there too. And um, what else do we have? Oh, YouTube, Weirdly Magical channel on YouTube. If you could uh, subscribe to the channel and maybe um, hit the little bell to get notified when we upload new um, episodes. Um, that helps our YouTube algorithms. I think that's the, all the things I wanted to say. Oh, and reviews. If you reviews, we love, love, love reviews on iTunes or on our Facebook page or wherever you feel able to leave a review, we would welcome it. Um, and comments and things like that. We like to hear from you. We don't have any questions this um, episode, but if you do have any burning questions you would like us to speak about on air, you can email them to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com or send a Facebook message to the Facebook page, to the Weirdly Magical page, um, and you could be featured on air. So let's quickly introduce ourselves and then uh, pull our cards. Jen, go ahead. Hey everyone, I'm Jen Dishen and I am the Global Akashic Guardian for the Akashic Records and I uh, am an Akashic reader, teacher, writer and uh, creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards and I guide my clients to uh, living their soul's choice, living with free will. And I am Lou or Louise Eddington, uh, known as the Cosmic Owl of Cosmic Owl Astrology. And I am a, an astrologer <laughs> and a writer and um, a shamanic practitioner and currently in training to be a certified hypnotherapist. And I do readings and, um, and writing and I have a membership and various things. And I help people um, create the life they want. 
and um, let's do our cards. I'm going to go first for a change. Okay. So as this uh, full moon um, occurs um, on October the 1st, which is only three days before Pluto stations direct, it seems quite appropriate that I pull the death card. Um, which is the Scorpio card, which is, of course, Pluto ruled. And of course, in traditional astrology, uh, Mars also ruled Scorpio. And Mars is the ruler of Aries, where we have the full moon. And so this is a very, um, well, this card definitely means death and rebirth. It, um, you know, it means death and rebirth of all forms, um, spiritually, uh, sometimes physically, but uh, for us in this card, this is about really about death of the of an old way of doing things, death of old patterns, and I think that's very appropriate for this um, lunation. You know, on the card, uh, for those that can't see it in the Toth Tarot that I use, uh, we have the Grim Reaper with his big scythe, and Mars in Aries is very um, scythe-like. It likes to cut things out and um cut things out that you don't need and pluto also likes to purge um stuff that no longer serves you know it likes to dig up the crap and get rid of it and throw it out so i think it's a very empowering card personally it's it's a card that some people uh, shudder at but i love the death card when it comes up because it means some big change and transformation is on its way so right powerful mm. so uh interesting i pulled two cards because the first one was the number which is number one and um very much very kind of martian and very much about new beginnings and of course that's what death uh, signifies is endings and so with endings come new beginnings uh, so october is a 10 months which is a one uh, so we have the 10 and repeats for the 2020, the 10 and 20. And so here's that. The first. Right. It's on the first. And here is this energy of new beginnings, this red energy. Aries is the first uh, the sign of the zodiac. Uh, so Mars kind of ruling that, leading the way, uh, kind of this idea of being the number one energy or the beginning or how do we want to stand up and kind of uh, be who we are and then the other card uh, which i can't remember if this came up last time but anyway uh, yeah. uh, fairly recently so that's the the 20 so that's uh, kind of another reference to the year but also um this idea, for those of you who can't see the card, is a figure in a bubble, which you could consider that is you looking out at, at what's around. And this is a all different water in all different stages. So there's frozen water, there's air, there's liquid water, there's dolphins flying up, there's even a um, kind of an angelic being, if you can see it there. And this figure in the bubble behind this bridge kind of looking out, it's very soft and, and kind of inviting, but it's also an invitation to step beyond the bubble, to, to really step up. And these dolphins, they both have crowns. 
So it's about stepping up into a new way of being. So I think it really does speak very much to uh, what's happening as we go into, as we enter this phase of being new or starting new, that a lot of it has to do with how we relate to the world, how we accept who we are and just step into that place instead of hiding behind uh, some kind of uh, pretense or being frozen in place this kind of like everything around us is there the the dolphins the joy the angelic present nature everything kind of helping us to move forward mm -hmm. and um, yeah so very interesting and it does tie into your card as well because of the water right there's that very kind Scorpio of is uh, the death card is Scorpio and that's or deep water sign and my attention's immediately drawn to the bridge on, on your card of course yeah. because uh, this full moon is conjunct chiron which is often called the rainbow bridge because he's uh, the bridge between worlds right. and uh, and so uh, the we definitely this is this full moon is pretty mega again <laughs> i think <laughs> i think uh, to be honest the end of 2020 is mega so Every every full moon and new moon, I'll be going. Oh, it's mega! Because <laughs> we've just had the most powerful new moon this morning, I think, and um, um, on the moon wobble. And this full moon promises to be pretty powerful too. So, uh, Jen, do you want to look at the numbers first, and and whatever messages you've got from the Akashic Masters too? Sure, might as well mix it up for new beginnings. So uh, what's fascinating, of course, we just talked about October being a 10 month, which is a one, and this being on the first, like the first day, and we do have another full moon on the last day, which is Halloween, which is pretty amazing. So it definitely is an urging of um, taking a bold new step. Like this uh, is, is all how I feel or I get the energy is kind of we're being pushed and prod it to, to kind of move out of our bubble, whatever that is, whatever it is, the illusion that we've lived under, the idea that thinking we can hold back the tide, it's basically this time is just going, we just got to start taking action, moving towards change. October is a five, the universal months, because 2020 is four plus uh, one. So that's five or 14 if you add it as a 10. Regardless, it's a five and five is about change. It's about movement. It's about engaging with the adventure. Like now that we realize we can't go back, we have to now gather our strength, start doing the things we need to do in order to move forward. So this really is that uh, activation, the fact that Mars is uh, ruling Aries, that we're in the first sign, it's that time to begin anew on a new adventure, new revolution, just kind of letting go of those things that, oh, we hope that people will do what's the right thing and just beginning to do the right thing mm. right, for ourselves. And then the moon and sun at nine degrees. So, um, so uh, that's very potent because nine is about endings and it's about uh, the 
kind of releasing of the old ego, the idea, identity of who we've been. And of course, Aries speaks to the identity, how mm -hmm. we want to, how we are going to activate our experience now entering this time. Uh, so very uh, powerful time. It really is a time to, to honor the warrior within and uh, begin to lead towards the things you desire and vision and hold those things and not just kind of wait for somebody else to tell you what they are. Uh, really think and connect to how is a warrior activated in the world. The nine also speaks to unconditional love uh, and allowing us to be who we are in the world. And of course, if we go to the 10, nine plus a couple of minutes, we go to 10, then we have the new beginning again, the other, another one, which is amazing. So there's kind of uh, all this one energy, all this support uh, we have, we're activating four, five, six on this day uh, in the numeric code. So it's just like moving forward, being able to love what you have right now and be totally focused on uh, letting go of any reason why you can't move forward, change, shift, and bring your energy and your focus into the now. Mm. Yeah, and of course, um, Aries is the pioneer as well as the warrior. So, yeah, it's, you know, there's so much about um, at finishing the old and starting the new in this new moon. The, uh, sorry, full moon. <laughs> I keep calling it a new moon. And, it, it, do you know, I'm going to speak to that, actually, because... I don't think there's ever any mistakes to be quite honest. And, and just right. like, especially in 2020, it's, it's often felt to me that the full moons are almost like the new, new moon, if you like, because, <laughs> because they seem to start new things and, um, and the new moons are kind of more the fulfillment phase at the, which the full moon has always been talked about. That's how it's felt to me. Like throughout this year, they seem to, have shifted their energies a little bit but um that's right just, yeah. yeah and i'll just speak to that before you speak about the overview is that um we are in a time where things have turned upside down so a lot of things that we thought were this way are now that way but it makes total sense because in the culmination is the ending which means is yeah. the beginning right we're beginning something new and the two weeks that we lead up to the new moon is the time we are uh, gestating about what is new right or whatever it is we're changing and then we hit that so it's like we're building momentum through the year through the moons to you know uh, activate i kind of feel like you it's activating the new period when we have the full moon right yeah so i don't think there's any mistake that i keep <laughs> saying it wrong because that's just um how i tune into the energies as well so yeah. And of course, this this one, uh, this full moon that feels like a new moon to me <laughs> is, um, well, we have the moon at nine degrees of Aries, as Jen said, but it's conjunct Chiron at seven degrees. And I mentioned that in the, with the card that that's the rainbow bridge. And the Chiron symbol um, is, a, is shaped like a key and he's known as the wounded healer. That's the that's the kind of most common phrase for him. But I always think he's the key to healing as well. And Chiron's been in Aries for a while um, and 
I think we're here being asked to heal both, you know, our um, anger, our um, I am energy, our identity of who am I in the world in this changing chaos that we've got. We're being asked to um, focus on that, to move forward in a very healed way so that we can help to bring healing to the world that we've got coming. So because, you know, we're in this time of tremendous change and here we have the moon, which is really our emotional receptivity in Aries, which is a very driven warrior, pioneer, initiating sign. And the key to healing is saying that it's you, it's me, it's each of us individually is really being called on to um, to bring our own self and to bring our own um, healed self or in the process of healing self in to help the we, which is the sun in Libra. Libra is all about our relationships to each other. It's all about the the Aries Libra axis, which is what this full moon is on, is the me, 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 we, we, we axis. I've talked about that many times. And so I do see this uh, full moon as potentially, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of other things in it. I do think that there's potentially a lot of aggression and anger in this energy, but it can be used in a very positive um, way rather than in an attacking way to to bring the change you want to see and to initiate new projects. So that's kind of just how the full moon itself feels to me with that key. It's kind of unlocking some healing, it feels like. And the full moon itself in the, in the uh, full moon chart has not got very many major aspects, to be quite honest. It's in a um, semi-sextile to Uranus. So Uranus is the Lord of Lightning Bolts. So I do think there's going to be some sudden um, awarenesses, some ahas, some light bulb moments, some new inventions uh, potentially, or new discoveries um, on this full moon. It's, it's very full of energy. And of course, fire, which is Aries, is, is, very, is about spirit um, and creation. And uh, Libra, which is uh, the air sign, is very creative sign also, but it's about ideas. So I think there's, there's potentially from this full moon going to be some amazing new ideas sparked. Um, so I'll leave that there and let Jen talk for a little bit and I'll circle back in and talk about some other things I see. Right. So I find that really fascinating is that Uranus with this with this connection to the moon and of course, um, and sun and the um, Chiron is this idea of exposing or bringing to life or forcing upon us the revelations of what have what holds us in wound. Right. So uh, the wound is um, it's very interesting because what I'm hearing and is true on some level, although we may not agree with it, is that the wounds are self-inflicted because mm -hmm. we take on certain beliefs and we respond to certain things um, uh, and we make assumptions. I certainly know I make assumptions about what I think people are saying and stuff and getting angry and annoyed. How dare they? And then 
Mm. Turns out they weren't thinking anything like I imagined they were thinking. Uh, so, um, and even if they were, it doesn't really matter. But uh, that self-inflicted wound, um, or that's acerbated by others inflicting wounds, because sometimes people are doing things to us, um, but it's what we are holding about that, what we're telling ourselves about it, that keeps that wound, the salt in the wound. It keeps it mm -hmm. alive. And, um, you know, as we've talked about Chiron many times and the different ways that uh, he carried the poison that was meant for another, for Prometheus or whatever. So it's this idea of that's what we do as humans. We carry the burden and the poison of others. We go around saying, this is not right, that people are doing this or that this has happened. And uh, we feel uh, indignant, but we also feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the shift in perception that, yes, maybe it's not right, but the thing is, that's how it's been. But what are we doing now to... Um, say no to this, that I'm not going to carry this um, energy forward. Because as long as we are engaged with something, so when we're having a, an experience and we're saying, well, I don't agree with that, and we're battling it and we're using our fabulous Marsh, Martian energy to uh, engage with it, we are agreeing with it, regardless of if we're saying no or yes, we're keeping that thing alive. And when we surrender, uh, to this thing and we give up the idea that we need to save that or save people save the system uh, we're actually um, released from that bondage from that poison which is the story of Chiron right he was released mm -hmm. from his own bondage when he decided to uh, give up his mortality his immortality to um, be free from pain and so that I think I say that and I hear this idea is that our immortality that we each hold is the immortality of our stories that we have lived our whole lives and have told ourselves and have told each other and that's like our lifeline and when we go oh that's just a story I'm just going to throw it to the side I'm going to take a new story I'm going to initiate a new way of being I'm going to take this my libido my anger my my drive, my desire, and I'm going to move towards the things I want as opposed to battling what others are doing wrong or what I don't want. So it's a huge shift in how we're going to use our energy that to me is the innovation that's going to come in uh, with this time that we're suddenly going to wake up and go, wait, what am I doing? Like, why am I thinking? Like, like why am I holding on to the thing that's poisoning me? Right. And, you know, there's the whole thing about taking it personally. I'm like, oh, I should read that chapter in Four Agreements again as well, because that's <laughs> of it as well. You know, Aries is very much about kind of being um, being alone, but being one and being and OK with that. That doesn't mean cutting people out of your world, but it means knowing that you are OK as you are. And what everybody else is doing is about them. It's like, you know, yes, they may attack you, but it's probably more about their own issues than uh, their own. Anyway, I'm rambling about that. But I was thinking of other things as you talked as well mm. about, um, about the, I mentioned the aggression and the anger. We do have 
Um, Mars is retrograde, of course. He turned retrograde on September the 9th. And on this full moon, he is at back to 24 degrees from 28 degrees. And he's sandwiched right between Eris, um, the uh, goddess of discord and chaos, and Black Moon Lilith, um, who is kind of our wild self and the parts that's perhaps felt shame or been shamed and things. And this is all in Aries too. And that's, that is very angry energy. You know, Lilith was angry because she was, um, she was rejected. She was, she was not being treated um, equally um, as Adam's first wife. You know, she was, um, she was told she had to submit and she was portrayed then as this demon succubus that, um, ate babies and things like that. And, uh, but really she was just, um, an outsider. Uh, she was, she was angry because she'd been cast out or, or she'd left in anger because she was, would refuse to submit. And, and then the other side, we've got Eris, uh, as I said, the goddess of discord, she's another outsider. And so these two, um, Agents of chaos, really, which is what the uh, divine feminine has always been seen as this chaotic energy that's not kind of uh, controlled and straightforward like uh, the patriarchy uh, feels we all should be. Um, they are taking it to Mars, if you like, on this full moon. And and so, yes, it's angry, but it's passion too. It's passion to be who we truly are and to take this equal place in um and to not be seen as separate and different as or lower than all those things it's really about standing up as your wonder woman self i think really this this very aries energy because these um feminine energies that have been rejected for so long that are in all of us are really kind of sandwiching the the divine masculine the pure divine masculine energy between the two of them and of course they're in square two or the capricorn energy as well saturn will have just stationed direct um three days before this four, four days before and pluto about station direct on this full moon um, so they're also squaring off to um, the energies that are taking apart our institutions and um, and the patriarchy. Uh, so this is a, a kind of a very rebellious full moon as well, but uh, it can be used in a very positive way, I think. So, yeah. Right. And I think those are excellent points that this idea that for me, what I think we've been entrained to is that anger is wrong. Mm. And so it comes out in people that we dislike or, you know, in extreme, in extreme ways, because it's been so suppressed that it just comes out. And then there's this kind of craziness where it taps into people who do these things like go out and kill people because, you know, they are claiming you know I'm, I'm i'm being led or you know whether they're talking to what they think is god or or some group that they belong to that's insisting that they uh, are righteous right so righteous anger uh, that is spilling out because it's all our anger right our unspoken anger and 
when we're not afraid of our anger that we can come into balance because if you think about Lilith that really was her experience she was betrayed she was uh, considered less than her word uh, in the story of Adam and Lilith was that God was listening to Adam not to her right so she was um, kind of given the lower option right whether it was her anger that made her leave and not ask god like what about me or whatever it is we don't know and whatever story you want to make about it is fine but the bottom line is that was always used against her and woman um, and uh, to control the narrative and to say okay you're not allowed to be angry you just need to accept it because you see what happens when you're angry terrible things happen so the point is we are afraid of our own anger, but under the so-called anger is really what you were saying is the passion. It's the drive. It's the desire to be seen and to express who we, you know, not seen because we want somebody to say, Oh, you're the greatest, but seen for who we are and go, I see you. I recognize you. I know you, I give you the right to be who you are. And um, that is what we seek. And so when we use this, anger and allow it to inform us inform us in the sense of oh i'm angry about this what do i want to do like personally when i feel my anger i don't want to go out and kill people right which wouldn't be very helpful you know <laughs> it's like right so it's like what do i want to do so i think it comes back to what you were talking about lou that whole idea that i am or the wounding right like the anger is coming from my wounded place but it's also giving me information about my healing, right? How can I heal myself? Oh, I need to listen and maybe say no to someone or not engage with people that are trying to push my buttons or go do something that's good for me. I'm actually taking this anger and I'm listening to it and I'm accepting the fact that I feel angry, right? I'm not angry at myself for being angry, but I'm, right? I'm like, oh, oh, my voice, my angry voice has something to say. Well, what does it, what would it say? Like, you know, you know, maybe it would speak up, it would say no, it would say yes. It's like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, right? So even though we have anger, we don't have to deal with the people outside angrily. No. We may, but we don't have to, right? Or we, we can. We also do not have to accept the other people's version of what's angry, you know? Right you'll put down you have anger issues because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have a i have a very fiery name. and i get told i'm you know right. by men often you know oh you have anger issues and i'm thinking i don't actually feel angry at all i'm just being firm yeah. and expressing myself <laughs> right that assertive and expressing somebody else is going to name it as angry. And we see this all the time. I mean, it plays out in the world, in politics and just in, in general, right? People, uh, whenever they're showing a, like a female uh, business person or politician, it's always somebody who is, uh, they're always talking about, uh, you know, their emotions or their hair or their body or something. Well, they did it to Bernie Sanders too. Right, because he's was oh, he's more so engaged in his feminine. <laughs> right, I heard so many people said, "Oh, what he's so angry all the time." Is he angry? He feels, seems passionate to me. I was like, I appreciate his passion. I appreciate that expression because I can relate to it. But um, this idea that 
you know, we can hold people back by saying, like saying to them, you're angry. And then the person goes, oh, I better keep quiet. And it's like, no, just be who you are. You can, if, am I being unkind? Am I forcing my position on someone else? Those are things you can certainly, self-reflection, right? We're talking about healing is our self-reflection, our taking ang anger, our taking action, right? Yeah. based on what is true for us not based on what other like people are telling us things are they things we believe in are they things we want to believe in and and live by yes or no and it doesn't matter either way but it's like let's not be controlled or be angry by somebody suppressing me but i'm choosing to agree with them that they can oppress me right but yeah. I know it's more complicated for people that are actually experiencing abuse, et cetera, like that, but we're just talking about the regular uh, situation, right? But, you know, maybe, maybe people who are experiencing abuse can get something from it. I'm not suggesting right. that put themselves in harm by standing up to their abuser immediately, but they may find some inner strength, which is very Aries too. Right to actually go and take action to help themselves out of the situation um, or to find some help, you know? So there is that in a, in a rod of steel, if you like, that's within Aries that, um, that can give people courage and strength to, to help themselves and uh, help right. themselves out of a situation. Yeah. Right. If they have the capability then to, withdraw from the idea or opinion that someone else's words or actions are your truth and go, yeah, we may not be able to stop this person from what they're doing at this moment, but we can take back our agreement with what they're saying. And that's huge because when we start to do that on any level in our lives, we begin to realize the power we do have to express our voices and innovate in new ways right this is the whole story here and then we can be in that place of complete connection to libra in a totally healthy way where when we are the i with the we where we're not uh needing to prove ourselves but are fully like what i'm doing is actually contributing to the we my i contributes to the we because i'm being real i'm being true I'm learning, I'm open, et cetera. I'm saying no when I need to. That really makes a healthier we, right? Yes. Yeah. So I do have to mention these retrogrades while we're on because this full moon is really bringing us to um, the end of this massive retrograde season that we've had or starting to bring us to the end. Um, by the time of the full moon, um, we've got Pallas Athena's turn direct. We've got Jupiter's turn direct, but Saturn and Mars's turn retrograde, but he, he's not as long. So, um, but Saturn just turned retrograde, uh, sorry, turned direct on this full moon. Pluto about to turn direct. Saturn and Pluto are the two kind of heavy hitters. They're known as in astrology in the, um, um, and they, they are the ones that often we feel their station um, do really dig in. Um, Pluto, often something's revealed that was hidden around a Pluto station. 
Saturn stations, um, particularly in his own sign in Capricorn, they're really about um, digging into what are we mastering and things. So this this full moon sandwiched between these two stations and right after the full moon, we'll then only have one, two, three, four or five planets um, or planetary bodies uh, retrograde still. So this is a, a not only a full moon's turning points, new moon's turning points as well, but this one with two planets stationing is huge. It kind of feels like the whole Earth's going to move on this full moon, to be quite honest, with it a full moon being big energy anyway. Um, in cardinal signs, this is the kind of energy where because it's in because Saturn and Pluto are in Capricorn, which is the sign of the government, our institutions, all those kind of things. This is the kind of energy where the the um, banks could collapse or the stock market could collapse or or um, governments collapse under it, really, or something major change coming in our institutions. And of course, as without, so within, it's about our relationship to those institutions. We've kind of spent this summer um, with all the retrogrades reviewing our relationship to authority and outer authority and outer rules. And here is the t the turning point where we go, okay, here's where I move forward with what I've learned um, in all this revisiting. So it's uh, this put full moon is pretty huge too <laughs> it's for, as a turning point so absolutely i think this is a really important point here that uh, what feels like uh, when we had the last meeting of pluto and saturn on the 12th of january mm -hmm. uh, that led to covid right to this yeah. whole um, experience of having the rug pulled out from under us uh, through something intangible, right? The virus, which is very mutable and mutates and changes. And we are moving into this much more mutable energy. And it feels like this is the beginning of the next uh, kind of awareness or shock of whatever it is, like that was, that was COVID and it's still here. What's this thing? What is this thing? that's going to land in our laps and in our worlds is going to shake us to the core and force us to move forward. Because yeah. uh, this month, uh, October is a five month, which means it's about change, change, change. And all of these things we're talking about is change. And next year, 2021, because October is a mini uh, kind of view of the year to follow. And, um, so we know we're moving into five years. So it's a lot of change, a lot of adapting, a lot of moving quickly. So we need to be able to really get clear about this energy and our belief systems and how we're going to deal with this unexpected thing that's not going away, but is forcing us down a new passage. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to address the number for the Mars and um, um, uh, Eris. You know, the, 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 the two uh, kind of, you have my back. This is the pair, like these are the warrior, the warrior pair, the, the, what, the passion and the outsider. And isn't this the, the wound we all live with? 
you know, I need to adapt and do what people tell me or I won't be loved. Mm-hmm. And uh, 24 is, uh, is a six. This day, this is a six universal day. That six, that 24 is a number that allows us to truly understand love and be loved and to accept that we are loved in our environment and in our world and that everything with love is in balance. You know, our environment, our friends, our family, the things we worry about, it's all taken care of if we allow love to guide us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really useful thing to think about. Let love guide our anger. Let love guide this odd pair that are warring on our behalf, that are initiating something new, that are pushing us to go, we can do this. We can move through this hard stuff. We can release our attachment to things that have kept us safe because this is the road to safety. This is the road to change. And, you know, we want to be forerunners of the change. We don't want to be lagging behind uh, hoping that things will stay the same. We want to use this energy of love to kind of move us through this uh, challenge. I just realized that as you talked, of course, Eris, Eris and, Air and Mars were at least brother and sister, if not twins. And, right. and they're part of a kite configuration on this chart to Gemini North Node, which is the sign of the twins. <laughs> and that's pulling in venus and vesta over there as well and and is also in aspect to pluto and a kite configuration that's kind of the most positive um energy in this chart really because it's it's a fire grand trine of creation and initiation going to the gemini north node of learning new ways to to be in community, new ways to listen to other people, new ways to do things. So I really love that they're coming together in in this um, um, in this uh, full moon chart. I did want to mention the twenty two as well, though. The nodes are at twenty two degrees, and Pluto's at twenty two degrees, which is the degree he was at on January the twelfth when um, when he was conjunct with Saturn. Saturn and Pluto are going to be at their closest again. They never meet again completely, but this is really, as Jen said, harking back to the beginning of COVID and before our lives were inexorably changed, really. And here we have the 22 highlighted again, and it's in the lunar nodes, which is our karma, our past and our future, where where we're going, our karmic potential. So, and I do know that 22 is a master number and that they're not always easy numbers, but I know Jen knows a lot more about that than I do. Uh, is, yeah, I was looking at the 22. So what's so fascinating about it, of course, is that it reminds us of the year we're in, 2020, because even though it's not 22 together, it's two twos together. And that mastery of the 22 is to find peace through our own uh, actions and our vision, the vision we hold. So it's kind of like we're we architects of our own peace and we're choosing how we're going to bring things about. So we're being deliberate and careful and having that, that combination of Aries, which is the fire and passion and Libra, which is let's 
keep things in balance. That's the two. Being in relationship with the world around us uh, is so potent right now. It's bringing that sense of peace. What brings us peace is being able to express what we want, live our passion, and understand how it implicates the world. Like when we are being in truth, in peace, we're actually and in relationship in a genuine way to what's going on, we are doing so much better. And what comes to mind is that whole Lilith thing. Like perhaps if Lilith had said, I also want to talk to God. I also, I'm not going to go off because I'm pissed off. I'm just going to um, speak up and say what I want. And, or this is my right. Having those conversations, bringing the truth, not just giving up because it seems easier and the man has more power, whatever it is, whatever stories we've told ourselves and lived by and made true. Uh, just thinking about how can we do this differently? How can we, uh, take care of ourselves and connect to the, um, the cosmic field and to the earth field and plant ourselves because 22 also adds up to a four. We're in a four year right now. And this 22 four is an amazing combination because the four is what brings ideas to matter. We are being inspired by this idea of having peace. What brings me peace? It's not, how do we bring peace to the world? It's how do I bring peace to me? And through that, the peace then becomes something everyone experiences because it's not, there's no arguments, but peace is about, I am free to express myself. You are free to express yourself. I'm not going to hurt you because you express yourself. You're not going to hurt me. Like changing the rules of how we engage with each other is what creates peace. We're not trying to stop people from having opinions or having fiery arguments that they might enjoy, but we want people to go, I want to look at my vision. I want to figure out what it is I really want as opposed to what I, you telling me that I want, which is how most of us live. So that four is so important because four is about discipline and devotion and honesty and integrity and all the things that allow us to build and establish a new system. So that's what we're doing this whole year, even though it doesn't feel like it. And that's really where we're gathering momentum now for this full moon to embrace and embody this idea of building a new system as the old structures die out, as the old way of being, as our agreements with all of that stuff is torn up, broken down, exposed, mm -hmm. etc. We are creating a new system, a very lean system that we can move into the next year with definitely i just noticed there's actually a yard as well oh. a finger of fate or god uh coming from the north node in gemini and vesta in creative leo pointing right at pluto so yeah jen's jen's completely right what that what that really means is that you know all this chaos and what what most people would describe as pretty uh, Annas Horribilis, to quote the Queen, <laughs> is, um, you know, we've had the pandemic, we've had, you know, big storms, we've had horrible fires, we've had, in Utah, we've had windstorm, it was hurricane strength winds, and, you know, it's been, it's been a crazy year, but we are reaching the point now where we, there will still be the people who hark on about, get back to normal, there is not we're, we're changing we are, we are 
being forced really to find new ways to do things and to force to look at new ways to structure things and there's more of it to come but we are at this kind of tipping point where people realize things have to be done differently from now on we can't just keep on going the way we were and it is a very creative lunation lots of fire and air which is uh, very creative venus rules um, libra where the sun is and she's at the 28th degree of very creative um, leo uh, she's actually opposing Ceres in um, Aquarius and Ceres is approaching the end of her retrograde too. And that feels like Ceres has just moved back into Aquarius and Aquarius is very much about the future, but also about detaching. Um, so it feels like it's about, Ceres represents grief and um moving back into alignment but it feels like venus is saying detach from your old ideas break free from those old ideas and it's okay to grieve them and say well you know i'm sad it's gone but now it's time to kind of step above it if you like and take this bigger view and go okay where do we need to go from here or where do i need to go from here to be a part of the solution so right and what, I, what came to mind when you were talking about that is the old relationship with, say, Venus and Ceres in the sense of, um, you know, um, what was her name? Persephone. Yeah, the aunt. Hmm? Persephone. Right. Persephone and Ceres, this idea that you got lost or you were taken, you were abducted and I'm in grief and nothing can grow. And this thing of Venus going to Ceres and them going, let's have a different relationship, right? It's not about pain. It's about this is part of life. How do we approach our lives from a place of being at peace with things that happen? Because there's always going to be stuff that happens, right? We can't stop things happening. Nope. Nope. And we can go ahead. Interestingly enough, did you know that we're recording this on the day of the new moon? It was a few hours ago. The Virgo new moon, which apparently was opposing asteroid Persephone and here she comes. <laughs> but anyway, oh, I, yes, I yeah. hadn't noticed that, but I read it on somebody else's. Right, right. <laughs> so very interesting, right? It's like all the old stories coming up for air, coming up to be expressed, uh, and also to be exposed. So, you know, there are a lot of um, like we know, like when we say talk about going back to normal there was no normal. There's a lot of people who talk about this idea that we lived in an oppressive system that has allowed uh, people, women and children and uh, even men to be abused. And, uh, and we've closed our eyes to it. And, you know, there's a lot of people going around about these Pizzagate things and all of that stuff, but they're feeding the story and saying that it existed, but only certain people, like not us, we're good. Those people who are bad are doing it. Uh, but that's just more salt in the wound because the truth is all of these things have happened because we've been in a consciousness that allowed it to be there, but we liked it because it was hidden. So we could just pretend, oh, it's not really happening. Well, I'm not doing it. Somewhere over there, or it must be this right. world of people. Yes. Right. It's <laughs> evil people. But, you know, all human behavior is part of the great human behavior. And that's the story with Pluto, Saturn, 
Ceres and Venus, right? And even Venus and all of them, right? All about the stories of how they suffered and how um, we have to come to terms with that, that suffering is not this idea that we need to just be miserable in our lives, but it's a reminder that when we take back our power about how we live our lives, that doesn't stop tough things from happening, but it allows us to move through it with greater peace and tranquility and the ability to focus on what do I need to do to move through this and get past it? Exactly. You know, we all have bad, strange times. You can fall into a pit of despair and go, oh, I always this and this always happens. Or you can kind of look at things differently. That's the Gemini North Node too, about changing your perceptions of how you look at things. And, you know, it's, it's a process. It's a path. And we're not saying you can wave a magic wand and you can suddenly be all like, ooh. But, you know, I look at my last week. <laughs> we obviously got hit by the, the 2020 thing in the last week. We, we got down to a place we rent out in Arizona to find the compressor had gone on the fridge freezer and the vacuum cleaner didn't work. So, so we were in the process of sorting that when we get a call from our actual home that this windstorm had knocked out all the power and <laughs> we had to sort out getting the trees all up. It's just been one of those weeks, but it's, it's how you look at it, you know, instead of sinking into despair, which I might have done a few uh, when I was a lot younger, I was just like, okay. <laughs> Well, I can look at the good here. You know, we didn't lose the food in the freezer. We got a generator lent to us. We had a spare fridge in the garage that we'll do for now in that other place. And so we were able to come home right away. There's ways of shifting how you look at things. And that's with the Gemini North Node, very um, tied into this lunation. It's an important thing to remember in everything that comes up. Right, right. We have options. So we can uh, tell us a story about we're being uh, um, somehow um, uh, controlled by these things happening to us. Yeah. Or we can go, you know, these are just things that happen. And I'm choosing to take care of it and being open minded and innovative and pioneering about the solutions. This is about the solutions. It isn't about woe is me. It's just things happen. Okay. Maybe I'm pissed. Maybe I'm angry. Maybe I'm in the for a few hours. Like, yeah, who wouldn't be right? Have a cry about it. Sure. (laughs) Get irritated share and yell and then it's like oh okay well i better get on with it then because i need something different and that's what this is about it's not saying don't have your feelings it's just like where are you putting your action and intention where are you putting your passion are you putting it in something annoyed that life is happening or are you going okay and it comes back to what stories you're telling yourself you're always saying oh i'm having a hard time or one of my worst, one of my most, and, and that's a trigger for me really is when I post something, if we're having a challenging transit on Facebook, I do my Facebook post and somebody comes on and goes, ugh, oh, oh you're, <laughs> you're just setting yourself up to have a really crap time from this really. <laughs> anyway, right. I think we should probably do the, Card the um, symbols, I mean, not the cards. So, right. do you want to 
do your Sabian symbol first. Sure. Uh, so 10 Aries. Yes. The teacher gives her, gives new symbolic forms to traditional images. The keynote revision of attitude at the beginning of a new cycle of experience. So um, first we find it expressed or the capacity expressed to restate the problem inherent in the first area, the problem of focusing one's energies upon emotional drives and cultural values, which exclude far more than they include. The subsequent stages that follow the development has taken, have added considerably to this attitude. As a result, there arises in the consciousness a desire to reformulate at a new level much that has been taken for granted because it indeed originally had been an evolutionary necessity. The very concrete emotion arousing images of the past can now be reinterpreted as symbols with a wider scope of meaning. So right here, this new dimension of consciousness is discovered, revealing higher possibilities of experience and mental development. So it is abstraction and of emotional allegiance. This is just what we've been talking about. I know, isn't that amazing? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> changing your attitude or your perceptions or how you look at things. It's like, it, right. it works, people. <laughs> I could tell you by personal experience that once me too <laughs> to change how I look at things, things do change. To quote Doctor. <laughs> anyway, um, the Chandra symbol. Roots of a tree entwined around the statue of a nude woman. Bondage and freedom sometimes go hand in hand. The bondage is being true to pattern, predictable, caught in habits and tendencies, perpetually left to grow like weeds. The freedom is that as you meet yourself starkly in the midst of these old, tired patterns of behaviour, you come into touch with a quickening flame of self-recreation, stimulated and forced by being at the mercy of the relentless patterns. This impulse to make yourself over is fervently strong, courageous, ready and willing. The old stuff dies hard. You are therefore engaged in a pitched battle of a protracted kind within between retrogressive and progressive ideals impulses and desires both sides are so impassioned and sharply intent that this becomes a knockdown drag out battle of wills the atavistic backward leaning will feels immune to change the visionary forward thrusting will feels moved by evolutionary forces never to give up Eventually, the future prevails over the past, but not before scars and multiple traumas mark the spot of fighting for your life against an implacable inward enemy who knows it will lose and fights all the harder accordingly. And that's what this whole thing is about, really. It's a battle for the self, <laughs> to, to recreate the self. So, 
battle for freedom from the old stories the old pain yeah right. Mm. yeah right it's it's not necessarily easy but it is necessary in order to have a different experience and it gets easier it does right? you, when you you first start it's so hard but as you keep doing it and do new things it gets easier and easier and we are living proof of that right and still working on it yes still we're, it ha we haven't arrived yet but we're on the journey right and that's what's powerful not the arrival as much as the journey what are you journeying towards all right then so how can people find you jen so people can find me on my website jenduchen.com j-e-n-d-u-c-h-e-n-e you can find me on Facebook. I have a group. We belong here. Uh, I've also just uh, launched a new group because I'm offering a free class, a free workshop on the 24th, 12.30 p.m. PST. And you can find the link to that uh, on my Facebook page or in the Weirdly Magical page. Um, so it's all over Global Guardian. I think it's Global Guardian of the Akashic Records. But you can always check in with me if you're looking for the link, but it's everywhere. And what else? Well, else? I have a YouTube channel. I'd love your um, uh, subscribes and, you know, come connect, listen to me, my weekly uh, readings. Uh, what else? I have an Instagram and i also have a page on my personal page and page on facebook and you can find me you can just google me and uh check out look for jen Dishen. i think i'm everywhere <laughs> and i'm louise eddington louiseeddington.com l-o-u-i-s-e-e-d-i-n-g-t-o-n and um, you can find me by Googling my name, but um, also um, Cosmic Owl Astrology. I have a Facebook page by that name, um, Instagram by that name. I have the Cosmic Owl Astrology Cafe, which is a Facebook group as well, if you prefer groups. And YouTube channel, Cosmic Owl Astrology. I'm looking for all likes, subscribes, or of course, all those things. What I would love most from people though, is if you have my book, The Complete Guide to Astrology. It's doing really well on Amazon. It It's kind of up, it's got like 650 ratings now or something. I'm like, wow. So if you have my book, please, 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 even if you didn't buy it from Amazon, please go and give me a, hopefully a five-star rating. Um, I'm kind of in this mini little battle with, with uh, the fabulous astro astrologer, Cheney Nichols. <laughs> Her book and my book keep swapping positions and numbers of ratings. I'm sure she doesn't care, but I, I like, I'm a bit competitive. So <laughs> I'd like to get <laughs> It doesn't really matter. In the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter, but it would make my day if I get up and like speed yeah. ahead. And if you don't have the book already, um, perhaps go and get it. Um, later this year, I'm going to be launching my Cosmic Owl Astrology School uh, and teaching astrology um, based on, uh, a lot on this book. It will be required reading, so look for that as well. 
And for the podcast, don't forget to please like our Facebook page, Weirdly Magical. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, leave reviews, and then uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Weirdly Magical. Just $3 a month to support our uh, podcast work. So for now, it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs>